Welcome back to another edition of the Parrot Podcast. This week, I'm joined by Birdie. The early Birdie gets the Posca. <laughs> I, just did get, I did get a pack of Poscas now, Birdie, so uh, we're ready to roll. Um, and we're playing West on Monday. How good? Um, Ham, 40. Hello. And Ham. Yeah, uh, good morning to you and probably good afternoon to everyone else. <laughs> and your host Hamish, as uh, we are recording on Friday, Good Friday morning. Uh, it's been a bit of a crazy week for everybody this week, so we're running a little bit late, but we'll jump straight into it. Review of first grade: Eels going down twenty to twenty-eight against the Roosters. Try scorers: Gutho, Simons, and Sebo. Moses three from three off the boot and a penalty goal. Um, probably that scoreline flattered us at the end there with two very late tries. Yeah, I can't say I remember too much from this game. I, I hate watching it at home. I hate watching it on TV. I don't take in as much of the game as I do at the ground. It's just, and this one's just sort of, I don't know, from the opening kickoff, we just, it just felt flat. Like there was no, like we weren't doing poorly. We just, it was just nothing. That's what it felt like to me. It was just sort of, we were just going through the motions, getting to our kick. Um, and then uh, the Roosters broke us a couple of times. Uh, idiot Kiri grabbed um, Simonson. And then Will Penasini gets sin-binned. I still don't know about that one. I still don't know because I've seen other games from the past round and players were offside on line breaks and they made the penalty and nothing happened. So I still I still don't still don't believe that was a sim bin. Anyway, I, I think it is. Yeah, they got back five. <laughs> yeah, I, I can wear that one, and and obviously the Bowie Simonson sim bin I can wear too in terms of where the contact was made. That's been consistent with what they've been doing this year. But what I don't like about the Bowie Simonson sim bin was the fact that there was a pretty blatant knock-on slash offside missed by the touch judge right in front of him. That, That's right. That preceded yeah. the Roosters getting the new set that caused Bowie to make the high tackle in Tedesco. So, uh, you know, you, you accept that the official's going to make mistakes, but that one was, like, blatant. It was right in front of the touch judge. And, and the fact that there was, like, multiple mistakes constantly being missed and then, you know, actual correct rulings by the officials just being overturned by the bunker. The Warrior <laughs> Hargrave strip and whatnot, like uh, this, this when the, it is literally a, like a roulette wheel of what the bunker's going to say about intent when it comes to like stripping. Like sometimes they they just like yeah, there was no stripping motion when the guy's actually reefing at the ball, and then other times like in that tackle there where there was no reefing motion, it was just like the momentum of the tackle going to the ground, and like yeah, clearly trying to play the ball penalty. So yeah. Well, I went out there to the, yes, uh, the USFS. It was quite uh, quite lovely where I was sitting um, around the uh, – there was a lot. There was actually a lot of Roosters supporters there, surprisingly. Um, 20,000 or so got to the stadium. At least they had that up on the board. And it felt like that. Um, but it's a little bit different than um, the Parramatta Stadium, whereas uh, if you're just a general admission, you sit in the lower bowl, um, whereas at – Stadium, um, you get in the upper bowl for that. So I think I would prefer to be a bit higher because you can't see as much down at ground level. Um, at least that's my my take on it. But it was quite nice there, actually. We were around a, there was a couple of Eels supporters near us as well. We are all talking shit to each other with the Roosters fans, <laughs> uh, except for a bloke and his son who were sitting up for me. The kid was about eight years old and the dad was not happy about anything at all that night. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Damn, that uh, he was a Roosters fan, sorry. So, oh, fair enough. I wouldn't be happy if I was a Roosters. Well, especially fan, on that pullback, because we were sitting. I was sitting in that corner where the the pullback on the that got uh, who was it? Kiri, yeah, pulled back on their try. Um, out, uh, he pulled back Penasini, didn't he? 
Uh, Simonson. 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 Yeah. And I saw it live and I'm like, well, he's pulled it back. That's got to be a no try. Well, and the dad's like just blowing up. He's like, that's never been a penalty. That can't come back. That's ridiculous. He's never going to catch him. I like, actually think there's a legitimate conversation we had about whether Kiri should be sin-binned or players in Kiri's position should be sin-binned because that is a cynical professional foul in a try-scoring situation. If that was a defender doing that, that's an instant sin-bin. Yeah, you're not wrong. I guess it's sort of uh, it's not leading to us getting in a try scoring situation. Yeah, but that, so that, that that's the sort of hypocrisy of it, isn't it? Is that the it's a try scoring situation against us, which obviously hurts us, uh, but there's no simbin. So it's just and it's not it, it is not considered simbin by anyone in the rule book or anyone you know following the game. It's just one of those weird uh, asymmetrical um, understandings of the game, isn't it? That the offensive team don't get simbin for those sort of things where a defender would. The NRL doesn't put out the rule book anymore, does it? I, I cannot see an up to date. I've, I've checked there. I don't think there is an obviously up to date. Yeah, there's, rule a, book. there's a 2021 I've just found. I'll have a look for intentional fouls. One sec. Uh, keep talking. <laughs> 30. <laughs> um, look, I just want to say um, first off, you know, we, we defended, like, when we were one man down, they didn't score to like the last minute of the, or last 90 seconds, whatever, of the uh, Simbin period. So, like, we scrambled well, and it just took two freakish, you know, movements. Like, you look at the first try. Drew Hutchinson gets the ball back on the sorry the winger gets the ball back and he flicks it like it just it just seems like everything Roosters did you could tell they had the week off because everything was like clicking they weren't stuttering in offense even though they struggled to score they just seemed like um, there was no hiccups at all and yeah just everything you know once again and our opposition takes advantage of all the gifts that they get you know like the you know the sim binnings even the six against to begin the second half like i think there's like four in a row in our line and, and, and it was just basic simple stuff like holding down or you know and we've mentioned in the pod before like if we do any wrestle we don't wrestle at all in the ruck and if we do we get ping and it'll shoot showed like we, we wrestled just a little bit and we'll just get pinged for everything so you know, once again, they just take advantage. And um, I thought our forwards did very well, um, you know, considering how much we had to, to, to defend. Like, you look at Widemu, he was gassed. And it's like, we really did miss Junior out there. And, um, yeah, just I'm just sick of us playing a team off the ball. And, and, of course, I, mean, I was going to say, yeah, it's really, we're, we're the only team that don't get the paint of the Victor Ellie brain snap uh, watching the oh, game last exactly. night. That was incredibly frustrating when he, he does just this dumb, cheap shot. On Cameron Munster off the board, like where was that last week to even out those symbols? It's like the Roosters have a game style, right? Where they're, they're ill-disciplined, you know, um, and they're defensive as shit. And be, when they play us, they're so clean. They don't give away penalties. They don't do any grubby stuff. It just seems like I think you're finding not the only team like that, Bertie. <laughs> when a lot of teams tend to miraculously clear up their discipline when they play the Parramatta Eels. Yeah, and it's like um, I just yeah, I don't know, it's just. I don't, and I said, it, you know, so far I'm correct in my preseason predictions. This is our, this will be our biggest loss. But look, um, if it is, it'd be nice. Oh, exactly. <laughs> Eight that, points that, would be really nice. <laughs> and like you look at like the Raiders, they got 50 put on them, and they're in meltdown city. Like us, it's just eight points, and it just seemed like the try at halftime broke our back. Look, you look at before the Kiri try. Um, you know, uh, I think Young Will puts a kick in, and Dylan Brown's chasing it, and just. Just the bounce, just kept bouncing so hard and it went dead. And I'm thinking, if that pulls up, we score. You know, we're going to the sheds 14 8 or something like that, or whatever it is, 10 8, whatever. And we're like, you know, we're buzzing because we've been defending all half, but just nothing went our way that game. And I, and I know we keep saying that, or I keep saying that, but like you make a lot of your own luck, and we had no luck that game. Yeah, it feels like, except for well, the Penrith game, we had some balls bounce our way, but it just seems like, as you said, Bertie, that the, you know, you make your own luck, but. Sometimes there is just inherent luck in a te- like 
in games like last year. These games we we were lucky that we could because we won by only a converted try or you know something similar. Like uh, when we played the Melbourne last year in round three, we were lucky that you know despite Mitchell hitting the post, Stoney was backing like. It bounced right to Stoney. Stoney could have been backing up on that play, but it could have bounced somewhere else. It just happened to bounce right up into his lap. Like that—that's luck. If yeah, I, I know exactly what you mean. It feels like it's—it's it's this way. Whereas like last year, you know, that ball does bounce up for Dylan after being kicked by Penasini. But I, I want to go back to onto Wirumu there. Um, after four minutes, he was gassed, like he was gone. But then ten minutes in, he seems fine. Like, he made a huge hit on Warrior Hargraves. It seemed like after that initial, like, he got a really good second wind. I don't know. I don't know if that was just me or anyone else, but it just seemed to be he was better after 10 minutes than he was after four. It was really weird. You need to get that second wind very early on. He was going to Ric Flair, you know, faking the injury that was going to get another leg. Like, I'm like, what? Um, I was just going to say, <clears throat> back when Bertie, um, you, you're talking about biggest score. And I know we're a long way from the, the Eels sides of the mid uh, to 2010s. But, you know, we've seen those games before where we've played the Roosters. They've been on like they have, and they've carved us up through the middle. And they've put 60 on us. So uh, I know I know we're well past those teams, but it's, it's still a good reminder of where we've come from, is that a team from, you know, f- five, six years ago would have had 60 put on them in this game. Um, so I, I take your point that the, the defence was really good. But one thing that sort of worried me, and especially in the first couple of weeks, is especially Hodgson around the ruck um, and getting those markers back and square because teams have been uh, cluing up on that uh, if they run in behind the in behind the markers, there's space there. Um, so that's something we really need to switch up. And for me, for mine, it's uh, it should come with hands coming on at about the 25, 30 minute mark. Yeah, he seems to bring crispness to our attack and just like you know, he's only made a handful of tackles you could say in first grade, but. He just he's got a, a really good technique. He made twenty eight tackles the first game, seven, so it's at 40, 45, um, off the top of my head. So really small sample size there, but he just seems so clean with his technique. And yeah, I, I'm I think he either needs to yeah twenty twenty five minutes or twenty five thirty minutes bring hands on, and then maybe even use Hodgson as a ball. Well, you don't even need a ball playing lock because you got Madison, you got Hopgood, you got to have Junior there. I'm just not sure if Hans is quite ready for 80 minutes in first grade just yet. So maybe we just do the one interchange where after 25, 30 minutes, Hans comes on and that's it. He just plays the rest of the game because at the moment we just seem so much better with him on the field. Do we do I what? Think, I think. Oh, oh sorry. I was gonna say, do we do do it? Sorry, do we do what Canberra does when they had when they had Starling and Hodgson, where Hodgson was pretty much the running, like he played lock and he just ran the ball essentially. Do we do that, or is that still stretching it a bit with um, Hodgson? I, I think our forward pack's too good to have that to have Hodgson in that role, like especially what? at full strength, like Junior, Reg, Matto, Hopgood. Like you want the ball in their hands, you don't want the ball in Hodgson's hands. My view is that we usually, or at least BA has always had one or two interchanges up his sleeve. So, and and you've got Reg, you've got Junes, you've got Matto who can all play massive minutes, and and um, you know I I wouldn't be against having Hodgson spell for that middle third of the game and then coming back on with 15 minutes to go or something if the if the game calls for it. So, um, But, I, yeah, I don't think Hans is ready for a full 80 minutes yet. Um, but he's come a long way uh, since last year, so uh, more power to him getting some more game time. All right, well, let's leave that there because that was... Oh, that was can I just have one more thing. Oh, you go. One more ham. Mike Acevo, 
Oh, just 15 runs, 115 metres. Terrible. Shocking. You're a big winger. Run hard at the defence. I don't care if there's three on you. Run hard. You're jogging into the line again. Stop it. Run hard. And and put away that kick 10 metres out, mate. You're a bulldozer. Oh. Just bulldoze oh, the line, mate. mate. I mean, did you see what Ravalava did? I know it was against the Dolphins, but he literally ran over the young um, Bostock. Like, I just don't get... Where's his confidence? It's not like as if he's, you know, like... He, like if that was, you know, Russell or Dunstow or even bloody... Sorry, even Bevan French, they're going to try to run over the person. I just don't know where his confidence is, you know? Like, he just, he just seems like a guy down on confidence and he just wants to score the easy tries where he goes in untouched. So, yeah. Well, maybe he's got too much confidence. Was it against the Broncos last year? He put in a kick... And we scored. I feel like maybe he's got too much confidence. I think maybe that's about one some... out of ten. So yeah, we need to take some confidence away from Sivo. Maybe he's doing a rugby union. Oh, it's just um, yeah, that's it's just real soft, real soft. Yeah, but all in all, um, you know, we only lost by eight points, although the scoreline flattered us. But that's got that awful run to start the season out of the way, playing you know teams that you'd expect to be in the top eight, but four or merely could possibly make it, um, and playing three teams off the bye all in a row. Like, whoever sorted the draw out needs to, uh, yeah. No, that's, that's normal because apparently the Broncos have a similar draw. You know, it's all normal. All, all you know, all good from the NRL head, you know, front office. Maybe we need um, chat GPT to make the um, NRL draw next year. Some mm-hmm. AI, get some AI in there. Couldn't Where's be Elon close. Musk? Elon Musk. <laughs> Maybe he can come up with something for us. <laughs> Couldn't be any worse. Um all right, well, but as I said, we've got that that home run out of the way. Um, the next couple of weeks, we've got very winnable games. So if we're winning the games that we should, we should be getting ourselves back to, you know, evens uh, in win and loss column. But we've made things difficult for ourselves with uh, the, the rest of the run home. We're going to have to be pretty much perfect. Um, all right, let's... Uh, but, but on that, we're, we're starting to get some players back, which we'll get to in the preview. But uh, first of all, Lisa Viola Cup... Um, so the Eels wrapped up their phenomenal season, which was four games, uh, with a 32-10 victory over the Bulldogs. Um, so that's the under-17 women's competition, which saw them undefeated through the four matches, and they had an aggregate score of 154-20 to 20 across the four matches. Um, so there's plenty of talent coming through, and maybe that's the reason that we haven't uh, signed anybody. Well, we've, we have signed somebody now. Um, <laughs> signed the, <laughs> in the um, the women's competition, uh, but uh, that's phenomenal, and especially um, we'll have those uh, that talent filtering up next year to Tasha Gale, um, and then Tasha Gale flying onto first grade. We've really started to build those pathways. It's just a bit of a shame that the NRLs jumped in and started expanding the the first grade women's competition so quickly. Yeah, I think maybe the next step for Parramatta is to put in a Harvey Norman's women's team. Because I noticed, you know, some of the teams there don't have an NRLW team, but it seems like they're gearing up for one. Whereas, you know, we, we got Lisa Fiola Cup, Tasha Gale. I think for Parramatta now, you know, maybe maybe look at a partnership with Wenty again and, you know, sign girls into that so that we can get the women in the first grade. Yeah, I think you should have the women's all the way up, just like we've brought back in-house the um, the jersey flag and the and the reserve grade to the Eels. I think we need to do that for for the, the women's as well. Yeah, absolutely. Right, Tasha Gale's going down 36-0 to, to the Eels. Um, unfortunately, that Bulldogs team, they seem to be the top of the class uh, for that competition. So um, did either of you guys get out there for it? No. No, because this one got bounced around about three or four times. 
and end up going to Kellyville at the very last second. So did not get out there for it. Uh, but from what I understand, because uh, 60s was out there to cover it, uh, the girls defended very, very resolutely for the first 20 minutes and the last 20 minutes. But those 10 minutes, either side of halfway, the dogs piled on the points, and that's where they scored, I think, all but all their tries but one. And uh, just, yeah, took the game away from our girls. And it was a case of us not completing our sets and giving them full position and opportunities to score. And the Bulldogs were, like you said, Hamish, they're the cream of the crop this year. And you can't give a team like that the opportunities to score like that. And they're able to capitalise uh, and win the game. So very, very hard to see who's going to beat the Bulldogs in the final series this year. I know the Roosters Indigenous Academy is always outstanding as well. But this Bulldogs team, it looks like they're a cut above in all phases. They're physical. They're fast. They spread the ball easily. But they also play aggressive through the middle. They are an incredibly well put together roster. Yeah, that, that trial match that we saw, and then they've just gone strength to strength from there. Uh, they're, they're a really good team. <laughs> and then into the mats, Eels 24 defeated the Roosters 14. Try scores Kaborian, Teletani, Mukatudia, Vela, and Sangalang. How did you see this one, guys? I didn't. I wasn't out there. I went out there, but you're not allowed to take dogs in and have the dogs sit, so uh, I couldn't go into this one. Um, oh, I did- the- Oh, okay, we'll discuss that afterwards, don't worry. <laughs> I, um, I did catch the first sort of third of the Harold Mance game from the uh, head-on long uh, view behind the uh, the Central Coast uh, try line, and the Roosters actually jumped out to a, a bit of an ambush. They uh, scored the first points and could have scored again, but they butchered it down their right edge, and we rallied. And uh, I think the way Sixies described this game to me was we did enough to win, which um, coming into this round, given that we, we were a shorter spot in the finals – but maybe a look at the actual minor premiership too, depending on results. Uh, you know, it would have been nice to really pile on the points. But I think the uh, was it the Newcastle Knights or the Steelers? One of those teams jumped us on for and against this week uh, to get ahead of us on the ladder. I think we finished in third. But yeah, getting for, getting out of without any major injuries, I believe, knock on wood, and getting the job done sets us up for the finals now. So I think that was the case the SG ball too, with both teams essentially doing what they needed to without going above heading into the postseason. And then into the ball, Eels 32 defeated the Storm 14, Vibella 2, Sanders 2, Penasini and Arthur all going over. Lynn 3 off the boot and Sanders also with 1. So also going through to the finals in yep. this grade. First time all three teams in the junior reps have qualified for the same final series. So nice little milestone for the club. Uh, they've got, I think, realistic chances in the Harold Mats and the SG ball, uh, given the rosters there. And that's not to disparage Natasha Gale, who I think have done a wonderful job. But like we mentioned, the Bulldogs are just so far above everything else we've seen from every, anyone else that are uh, really taking into account any given Sunday sort of uh, upsets when it comes to them getting beaten. So, yeah, going to be a yeah, fun... We'll, we'll, we'll need a, an Ashley Klein performance from referees <laughs> to um, get us in the, into, into the grand final and winning it. <laughs> <laughs> but... Uh, Going to be really fun to get out there. I think they're scheduled. Was it St. Mary's Ham? I I haven't seen. I, I'm not sure if they've updated it. Um, yeah, so it's not this weekend, but it'll be the weekend after. Weekend after. So yeah. yeah, so have a quick gander see if they've announced. Um, uh, also, the first time the SG Ball's gotten back into the finals since 2019. I know yeah. there wasn't finals in 2020, um, but you know, two years of missing finals for a club such as ours, is disappointing, but good to see him back on track with this one. I mean, we have put a couple of players that could have played flag um, into this team, uh, Ethan Sanders um, and a couple of others, but I assume, I, I'm imagining they'll be back up into flag once um, SG ball season is finished. And, um, is this the uh, 
Sorry, you go for it. I was going to say, just a reminder that the final series should be live streamed. So if you can't get out there because it's junior reps, you'll be, be able to catch it on uh, New, South Wales, New South Wales Rugby League TV. I was going to say, is this uh, SG Ball team, the second iteration of the Rouse Hill Rhinos that sort of came through in... Um, seems to be the younger brothers of a lot of teams yeah, that were in that yeah. Rouse Hill. Yeah, there's Rouse probably, Hill that's probably team. not a terrible analogy there. There's a bit of talent in this ball team and given those familiar relations... Uh, you'd hope that someone can go on to forge NRL careers at Parramatta. I think the uh, thing with this team is that we've actually gone out and bought players. We haven't done that for a little while. Like, yeah, yeah, it's Idol, Vivella, Balu, Lynn, or Fulim was here last year. Um, William Lewis, uh, LeBron Tuala, Sam Squire. I'm probably missing a couple here. That's just off the last team list. But we've actually gone out and brought in players. Like, we're, we're spending money on the juniors again, which is what you need to do um, if you want first graders in because, you know, as good as the much-vaunted Parramatta Junior Rugby League district is, there's still going to be better players in other competitions and in other districts. So you need to go out and you need to find the best because they're going to be the best first graders. Mm-hmm. It's not wrong. Go and get those uh, talent pipelines uh, pumping so we can get some more first graders coming up, especially for our outside backs, uh, which is another teaser for the team list coming up. Um, Fleg. Dragons, 16. Eels, 32. Try scorers, Williams with a triple. Brazzle, Hicks, and Latu. Uh, did you gents get out there for this one? No, this is in Wollongong. Uh, or, no, not Wollongong. It was, yeah, Coromel. Yeah. Basically the same thing. Yeah, close. So, no, I did not get out for this one. Uh, got feedback again. Uh, that Pretty much what we've seen from them, Ham, in the last couple of weeks, just really well done, team-orientated gameplay, strong defensive commitment getting to your kicks and then, you know, capitalising opportunities that come from it. And it's been a real – I don't know how long they can maintain this run, but it's three weeks going now. They've played fantastic team and defensive orientated football that set them up for victory against some decent sides. Uh, the well, Penrith- I think the thing is they're not playing fluky. Yeah. Like they're, they're playing good fundamentals. So I think they can, like, 80% completions in jersey flags, even in reserve grade. Like, that's a really good standard to hold, 80%. And – it comes back to that to that starting eight to thirteen for mine. Like they're no nonsense. They'll hit hard. Brazel, Parker, and Lenars, like with the ball in hand, without the ball, they're just ferocious. They're intense. They're violent. That's like and not not dumb like Radley violent. They're just it's just the way they play. It's very aggressive. I really enjoyed this forward pack. Like you know, I'm, I, how much that converts to first grade is to be seen but they're giving themselves the best chance possible to uh, make New South Wales Cup and then hire honours from there. Good fundamentals, but no can dunk. <laughs> drama reference <laughs> yeah, for, uh, yeah, for all those playing the home yeah, game. Classic. It took me a while. <laughs> but uh, Probably what's really impressed me about this team, Ham, is the forward pack, and that really epitomises that no-nonsense, you know, tough defensive attitude. Uh, the starters have all been fantastic. I know Sixies has got to uh, been impressed by uh, Noah Reid off the interchange. A uh, big lump that we got from Newcastle. He's looking pretty solid there. So, yeah, the forwards have really laid the platform here. Nick Lenars is an absolute uh, attack dog in defense. You've got the really solid starting bookends in Brock Parker and uh, the double-double, the big hyphen, Jonte Jr. Uh, and then on the edges, well, Tupo and uh, Brazel, just really, really good. And, and I know that Jock's a player from the club that they've, they've earmarked him for the future. And he just plays with his hair on fire. He's a maniac in a good way. Like he's a maniac out there, not like an idiot like Radley, as we mentioned earlier. But he, you know, he is just so physical on both sides of the ball. So, yeah, really, really good team. Coach Craig Brennan is doing a great job, obviously, 
uh, and they're only going to get better moving forwards once CSG ball winds up and they can sort of fill in some of the other spots in that team. So, yeah. yeah really- just, just on Jock, I think the worst thing that um, the the ref could do to the rest of the Jersey Flake competition was sin bin him. Because <laughs> ever since then, he's just he's just gone to another level of brutality. Like, he's just eyes rolling in the back of his head. It's, you know, <laughs> Mark Carroll's one of the – most insane forwards you'll probably ever see play, probably never see it again. But it's just, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying he's on that level of intensity. But I, I don't think I've seen another forward in a Parramatta team with the intensity that Jock has at this level. All right, and then jumping into the New South Wales Cup, I saw a 26 all draw play out. Arthur Murchie with a double, Cini and Dunster all going over, ranking three from five off of the boot. Dragons only scoring four tries, so a bit disappointing. Um, that we weren't able to get over the line where we scored five. Yeah, uh, Rankin had a couple opportunities late in the game to win this off his kicking tee, off the great work of Jake Arthur for the try setups, and couldn't quite do it. Two kicks from the right sideline, uh, it was. And uh, difficult conditions down at Wollongong, given that you're so close to the water and you can get that stiff sea breeze, but it's a shame he couldn't hit one of them. But yeah, the the Dragons jumped out to, I think it was a 22-12 to 12 lead, at one point, and then they kicked a couple of penalty goals in the last 10 minutes to keep themselves just edging ahead of the Parramatta until those last two tries. Uh, so probably the boys will be disappointed they didn't come off the win here, but also you can't be too upset when you engineer a big comeback draw in those situations. Uh, good to see Jake continue with the strong form in this grade. Brad did flag last year that he was going to keep um, Jake in this grade to, to essentially level up and develop his game, and he's been true to that, and we're starting to see some good results. So uh, Jake, very good there. Uh, Hayes obviously had a nice game too. Uh, we'll speak about him more uh, not too long, in the, sorry, not too distant future. But uh, yeah, Jack Murchie obviously got, uh, not. I mean, he got dropped. It was more like he did double duty that week. Extra minutes, just yeah. to get some runs, uh, meters into his legs. And doing exactly what you want to see from an NRL player going down to Reggie's and you know making a difference on the scoreboard. So yeah, it means that like our flag, the uh, – New South Wales Cup is undefeated over the last three weeks. Obviously, two wins and a draw versus three wins for the flag. So both teams building really nicely in that grade. And it's a team that's going to get better in the coming weeks as the NRL get their reinforcements back too. So good things happening there. Uh, just on Jake, if you take – oh, his past four games had two try assists in each. Uh, that round one, he didn't have any, but currently leading try assists. Uh, I think he's also leading the line break assists. I oh, know he's tied, currently tied with Jaden Beryl. Um, of course, you know, they've played more games than, say, Connor Tracy or Brandon Wakeham, so your yeah, averages are going to be lower. But it's just good to see him, you know, he's still eligible for Jersey Flegg. I know there was some chatter online about him um, should be playing in Flegg, but, you know, I think that particularly these past four games, he's just showing he's going to be too good for that level. I said last year he's too good for this level. I, I, I still believe he's too good for this level. It's just it's sort of that Luke Kelly position uh, when uh, Luke Kelly was with us. Was when you ever went back to reserve grade, he was just he blew him apart. He was way too good, but it's just that first grade was just a bit too quick for him. I think that's sort of the position Jake in is at the moment. Um, the difference being that Jake well, is Luke Lee was coming out during the week and um, and saying that he's or perhaps he's- sorry, I miss you, the Hamish. Were you talking about Luke Lewis talking about him going the lock? Um, yeah, Luke Lewis talking about Jack, maybe his future being in the lock role, and I guess uh, there is a sort of similarity with Madison. It's whether or not Jake is going to bulk up to that level. I think Jake's a bit more skillful at this age than um, than Maddo was, but if he can bulk up, I could certainly see him playing in the second row or lock position going forward. Yeah, I, I think 
I said it from I think it was last year, sort of just oh, forty would know. I think his position is locked going forward. Just if he can get up to ninety five, even just a hundred kilos, that'd be really good because he, you know, uh, he's got the most uh, line engaging runs. Uh, or line, engaged line, whatever you want to call it, um, in New South Wales Cup. So he loves to take the ball to the line. He had the most run metres last week in the competition. He's dropped down a little bit. He didn't get as many this week. Um, but, yeah, that's for for a half, for a 21-year-old half to be taken on the line as much as he does and have more metres than some forwards, um, he's doing really well. Sorry, did you have anything more to say for you? Oh, I was going to say watching Jake dig into the line is um... – you know, not one the one, but it is reminiscent of what Isaiah Yo does for the Panthers, and if he can get those kilos on his frame, that, that's a big gift because some people cannot put on the weight like that. But if Jake can get on that, might need to pack him onto that cheeseburger diet or something like that, and just get the uh, the kilojoules and the the protein into him. Uh, but if he can get to that hundred or hundred plus kg range, I think there's definitely something cooking there in terms of uh, that transition to lock forward. How about the Winnie diet, chips and gravy yeah, roll? Just, yeah, yeah, that's what you need five times a day, baby. Forget playing well, Kelly. Old plate, go back to Winnie. His old main played second row, didn't he? Yeah, second yeah. row lock. I think yep. it was. Yeah, so maybe it is there in the future. But um, you know, Matto didn't develop into that sort of middle until what about twenty four, twenty five. So um, there's still plenty of time for him to um to adapt. And obviously, he's going to be playing his trade in reserve grade. We've got our halves set in for the for the coming time. And I guess we've bought ourselves a um a very good player in Hop God. So. Um, you know who it reminds me of? Like, this is going back. Do you remember the old 5'8"? We had Jason Weeby. Yeah. Like, back in the, yeah, because he was like a tallish uh, 5'8", like sort of like Adam Dewey, like body type. That's why I look whenever I see half, I just like, yeah, this guy, he's not going to be a halfback. He's going to be a lock in, in, in for his career, I reckon. So, yeah. Let's jump into the news. So, Eels qualify for finals across all of the junior grades, um, which uh, we already touched on. So, what a great achievement for the uh, the lower grades. And those finals aren't this weekend. They'll be the weekend after. So, we'll bring you the previews next week. Um, Simonson's out for two weeks with the early guilty plea for the shot on Tedesco. Uh, probably pretty fair. And given, you know, what the penalty was for Junior Paulo, or Paolo, sorry, um, I guess that's probably all fair there. And um, good of the club not to try to take on any of those. And then, um, now that we're recording late, we've had some time for some NRLW news to drop. So, Kennedy Charrington commits for three years, and the story coming out is that uh, she told her manager to not go and uh, engage anybody else and get the deal done with Parramatta. So, one of the best forwards uh, coming up through the grades, and she was fantastic for the team last year, so it's great for her to uh, commit for three years. Yeah, you can tell Kennedy really loves the club. You see her post on social media, it's just... It's all Parramatta. I understand she's with the Bulldogs, Harvey Norman's team, but, um, you know, that's just whatever. But every time she posts about Parramatta, I believe her late uncle was a big Parramatta fan. So, you know, running in the family, they're really good to see. Um, And on top of that, she's a fantastic prop forward, you know. She's a sort of forward. She's on your team, you love her because she gets under the skin. If you're opposition, you absolutely hate her because she gets under Mm -hmm. your skin. And I know that losing Smarma Taufa to the Raiders is a blow to the Eels, but I do think that Kennedy was ready to pick up that torch at the end of last year and be the torchbearer for the Parramatta Eels, be that core pillar to build around both as a character and as a player. We saw her getting like well over 200 metres for that final series in that game against the Roosters to get us into the finals. Uh, Roosters? Broncos, sorry. And uh, she was you know absolutely on fire. And like you said, Ham, wonderful character. I mean, uh, you could not ask for a better whether it's captain or club captain or whatever you want to call, like, you know, make her 
but like that central pillar, uh, fantastic. And and to uh, build around her is now the goal. And talking about pillars of the team, so this is just confirmed this morning. Uh, Rachel Pearson, who was formerly of the Dragons last year, signed a three-year deal for the Eels. She's the incumbent New South Wales Origin halfback. Uh, coming through, she's played ACT cricket, uh, was in the Young Matilda soccer s- squad, um, and she's been in the league for the last two years. I have to say, she's probably one of the best coming through halfbacks uh, in the NRLW competition. So that's that's a big scout for the Eels to land. Yeah, with all the other teams. The next three years. Yeah, with all the other teams landing all these massive marquee signings through the week, we're sort of sitting here twiddling our farmers, waiting to see what Parramatta are going to do. But obviously, they weren't just sitting on the uh, you know backsides and not doing anything. Pearson is a fantastic pickup. And you talk about finding the right pieces to build the core of a team. You've got your gun middle forward now. You've got your gun playmaker. Uh, probably the one, if you had to get one more marquee player under that uh, NRLW uh, marquee infrastructure system, would you say fullback would be the priority here? Uh, I mean, I know that uh, Tonegado and yeah. Upton are still out there. I imagine it's going to be hard to pry Upton from the Knights, but the fact that she hasn't signed yet could be telling. So getting a, a great fullback really would round out this team nicely, I think. And a hooker, I think. I think that's one position we've missed because we had what Boyle last year, but she's gone. Um, and then we had uh, what the the one with the three, the Vetty Walsh. Is that? Are you talking about hooker or fullback? Fullback. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Vetty, yeah, yeah. Vetty Walsh was the fullback. Yeah, but she's meant to be going as well, isn't she? She yeah, officially signed the Tigers. Yeah. Who she yeah. who she came through as essentially the junior for. In the Harvey Norman Women's Premiership. But then again, I guess as a fullback, um, you know, we do have somebody coming through that is a sharpshooter uh, off the boot too. So sign up uh, Miss Bell. I don't know if it was just last year with Gail because we hardly used our fullback in attack. Like, you know, our halves were you know, pretty much you know, dominatable as they should, but like we were screaming out for games for Gail to get to be more active. She'll be just standing there. So I don't know if it was just Gail or our game plan. Like, but I don't know, maybe look, ideally would love. Think of fullback, you know, Torregado will be massive, but I don't know if, yeah, as I said, I don't know if it's just our game style. We don't use it as often. As I said, um, we've, got, we've got a gun fullback coming through the uh, to the, through the Tasha Gales. She's more right. of a winger. Yeah, Bell Bell probably uh, profiles more to the wing or even centres maybe in uh, the NRLW. We do have Debbie Dewey who's doing some good, like, some very good stuff for us uh, in the uh, gal right now, and I suppose Rosemary Beckettham. I'm going to be very interested to see what they do with her, assuming yeah. she's part of our NLW team, because she could play 5'8 to partner Pearson, could play in the centres. Maybe they could even turn her into a fullback. I don't know. She's uh, got that sort of all-round skill set that means that she's a bit of a Swiss Army knife for uh, wherever she plays. What was the um, uh, Mele Hufanga from the Kiwi Ferns, from the New Zealand Kiwi Ferns team from the World Cup? I wonder if she signed anywhere, because she was just an absolute powerhouse. Out in the back, cell. I just wonder, you know, what 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 her contract status is, or if she's going back to rugby union, because uh, she'd be a she'd be a fantastic buy. All right, well, let's jump off the news now and jump into the preview. So the reps are off this weekend; they'll be back next weekend. And now, as we sit, it is eight forty a.m. on Friday. Uh, we're kicking off at eleven a.m. Lidcombe Oval in the flag. West in seventh, taking on the Eagles in fifth. Uh, it's a bit of rain out here in Penrith, so um, we'll see if that's uh, holding out closer to the city. Uh, how do you guys see this coming out? It's hard to say because, you know, this Tigers team, I haven't really seen. Um, I know Josh Folletti, Kane Nicholas is a Parramatta junior. Other than that, though, I don't really know too much about them, so you can only focus on 
Parramatta here, but um, Lindsay Munro has just been a fantastic injection on the ball. <laughs> really good footy player, just unfortunately just a size issue there. Terrell Williams going really well. That forward pack, you know, you have to say they win, especially with this. That the rain is going to be, it's going to be a heavy track. It's going to, going to be focused through the middle there, and that's where we like to play. We love to play. Well, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if we have a high completion rate this week, if I'm honest, because there'll be more, there'll be shorter passes, and just that aggressive forward pack in the rain will can really hurt um, a Tigers team, and they're usually some big boys mm-hmm. um, in their teams. They like to do the the big the big uh, forwards there rather where more technique and skill in this grade at the moment. Any other words on that 140? Yeah, I mean, once again, like Cam said, this is very much a case of sticking to what we can do rather than what the opposition can do. Uh, if we continue to play a brand of football where we're completing 75 80%, we're going to be right in the hunt in any given result. And uh, this is a team that it's probably lacking in like outright X factor in the back line, but on the uh, back of a really hard-working forward pack, and uh, some industrious outside backs. I know Terrell Williams had a pretty good start to this season. Ham bagged a hat trick last week. Uh, you know they're, they're going to give themselves a red hot chance in any game. So that's just got to be the, the game plan today: is go out there, compete, and complete. So yeah. What was your catchphrase before Ham? Oh, yeah. oh, straight direct, complete the set. That's what this team does. Every <laughs> it, starts, it starts at Jersey Flag. Everyone they need to get the whole club in and put a Jersey flag game on for him to watch. Straight, direct, complete the set. I like it. <laughs> uh, New South Wales Cup, curtain raiser at Acor Stadium, so Stadium Australia, Monday 10 April 1.40pm, Western Suburbs, Magpies in sixth position, taking on the Eels in eighth position. Uh, so looking at these team lists, um, Wakeham comes back for West. Uh, just looking at the rest of that. Will Smith, that's not our old Will Smith, is it? It is. Yeah. It is. Yeah, oh. he joined them uh, late last year. Uh, he has my condolences. <laughs> um, looking at that, you know, I think our team should be able to take them. We should be able to take them. Yeah, they've got a bit of strike in the back line, uh, the Western Suburbs Magpies, but we should be better across the park. Uh, so, And that forward pack starting to get back to being really uh, healthy and solid. So you'd imagine they're going to give uh, Arthur and Rankin a nice platform to play behind. Uh, I suppose the most notable thing is Dejan Arce has moved from centre to fullback after playing. I like the, that move. Yeah, well, now that Sean Russell spoilers is back, there's probably a lot less pressure on having someone uh, sort of got that feel and match fitness at centre, which means that Arce can stop sort of covering there and go back to fullback, where I believe he's got more experience because he was a five eight slash fullback coming to the club, if I recall correctly, from the Cowboys and the Warriors. So I really, really like to see what we can get from him at fullback. Uh, and aside from that... He's um, probably the best ball player we've had at fullback in reserve grade a, this year long, too. Yeah, in, in a while and probably in general. Um, probably going to be the most natural uh, runner and ball player there. And then, yeah, you just want to see big games out of Wanga and Matt Dury here, uh, the guys that got bumped from first grade. Wanga, it's all about confidence, obviously. Uh, the guy you know, just gets inside his own head. He's a world-class athlete, but the moment he has a, a negative play early on, it just sort of escalates in a downward spiral. So him coming back and dominating the New South Cup is what I want to see, uh, as you as you expect from a plus-plus athlete like him. And for Matt Dory, uh, it's about getting those minutes into the legs. Uh, he's shown that he can have big-time impact in the NRL, uh, but is just a, a bit short on uh, the ability to play long, uh, long minutes coming back from that massive knee injury. So uh, getting him back to be able to play 50, 60, and eventually 80 minutes will be huge. 
So yeah, you, and you want to see players like that go back and dominate this grade because that's what you should be doing as a as a plus NRL player, not as you know just a, a fringe NRL player. Go back and dominate. And then let's jump over into first grade. So that'll kick off the last match of the round. What's going on? We're usually the first. <laughs> um, four o'clock on Easter Monday at um, Acor Stadium. Uh, so let's go through the team list. We'll start with the West Tigers. They've got a couple of changes again. Charlie Staines at fullback. Kapoa and Tupu on the wings. Naden Toa uh, in the centres. Dua, is it Dewey or Dua? He's, he's changed a couple of times. I'll say Dewey at six. Brooks at seven. Atui Kamanu and Clemmer in the starting prop rotation. Coruscant at nine. Papali'i, Bateman and Pohl uh, make out the second row. Simkin, Twal, Offhand, Gowie and Bloor on the bench. And Malamua, Alex Seathar, Brandon Wakeham and Nagata Kura and Dane Laurie all in the extended bench. Then for the Eels, Captain Clint Gutherson at fullback. Make a Sebo, Hayes Dunster returns on the wing. So how long has it been since Hayes has played a first-grade game? Uh, it was the first trial of last year, which would have been in March, I think, or February. Well, we're doing it because that's a reserve-grade trial. So you're going back to 2021. Yeah, they're bloody those hip-drop tackles, they need to get rid of them. Um, Will Penasini and Sean Russell uh, comes in for the first time starting in centres. So... Um, boys, do you, oh, actually, we'll come back to it. Dill Brown and Mitch Moses in the halves. Regan Campbell-Gillard and Wittemir Gregg in the starting props. Josh Hodson at nine. Sean Lane, Bryce Cartwright in the second row. Uh, Ryan Madison at 13. Jermaine Hopgood, Brendan Hands, Jack Murchie and Makahasi Makatoa on the extended, on the interchange bench. Jake Arthur, Matt Dury, Ogden, Cot Rodwell and Blake on the extended bench. So three big ends there. There's a change in the back line. Uh, Sean Russell, Hayes Dunster, they will be playing on opposite sides of the field. And then Sean Lane Sean Lane comes back into the second row, which I'm sure uh, Dill Brown will be very, very happy about. Mm-hmm. Do we know if Sean Lane's – he'll be back to left and right. Bryce yeah, he'll, he'll be right. playing left and Bryce will play right, uh, like 99.9% in my books. So <clears throat> big, big inclusion for this team. Uh, Lane, obviously, as a player in his own right, is devastating. He's got that incredible post-contact ability to push through tackles and – Three his arms and, and play before the line. He's been so huge for the team. But as a asset to this team, off the ball and organising, well, it's, it couldn't really be have, um, been underlined anymore at the start of this year. Bryce Cartwright's done a, a fantastic job replacing him in the one-for-one stakes, but that edge has really felt a lack of uh, Sean Lane's communications. He's been the heart of that edge last couple of years, and his return's going to be huge. So he's probably going to be a bit underdone uh, what it's been uh, – Six weeks of NRL plus the uh, week of the trials. So, you know, about seven, eight weeks he's been out now. So he's been doing some aerobic conditioning in between, but we know that doesn't simulate properly game conditioning. So I wouldn't be surprised if he's sucking the big ones at some points in this game, but really nice to have him back. And there's uh, your prone to say your catchphrase is go, go, gadget arms, uh, getting around um, to lose there. <laughs> um, but do we expect uh, Jermaine will come on at some point and Ryan Madison shifting uh to give Sean a spell, or do we reckon that uh, Ryan Madison will just go to replace Wiramu and then you bring Jermaine on at 13 or something like that? Or I guess there's a bit of flexibility there with the bench that we've picked. Yeah, I think... It might be a bit of a horses for courses mm-hmm. sort of thing. If if Cardi or Lane are struggling a little bit, you can. You've got the option to put Maddo, even Murchie, out on the edge there. Um, he's also an edge player, very good edge player. Oh, not very good, but... You know, a solid edge option there. Um, I think the plan would probably be for Hopgood to bring to come on for Widemu and then finish the game 
probably looking at 60, maybe even 65 minutes from Hopgood there. Um, all right, well, let's get to you, Bertie. What do you like? Still there, Bertie? Bertie? You're falling asleep on us. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll, I'll fill in in the meantime. Uh, <laughs> uh, I do I do want to start with that reconfigured backline. Uh, big fan of Hayes coming in. I think that even if there wasn't a suspension in play for Bowie Simonson, that uh, Hayes would be very much in the conversation for selection this week. He's been building really nicely in the New South Wales Cup, going from strength to strength, working hard, rucking the ball out, and, and showing a bit of a pace and elusiveness to finish off some try-scoring opportunities. And this is probably the timeline that Ham and I were talking about him being ready for, wasn't it, Ham, going back a few weeks, uh, where you'll start, you're starting to see him get back to hitting those straps. And uh, last week, had that really nice finish to give the Eels a chance to win the game, or at worst, draw, uh, which was a huge outcome for the New South Wales Cup team. And then Sean Russell at centre, well, I'm not expecting the world from Sean here. Uh, he did train in the preseason at centre to fill in for Wanga Blake while he had that broken arm. Uh, but if he can just come in and do a job for us, just defensively be sound, help the forwards by rucking the ball out, and you know just be uh, calm and composed in attacking opportunities to set up Mike Acevo, then that's going to be a huge plus for this team. So really looking forward to seeing what the new look backline can do. And equally so, that uh, tinkered forward pack it really beefs up the bench. So... Uh, it's something that could be a, a massive boost for the Parramatta Eels, not just in the opening exchanges, but through the uh, interchange rotations. Yeah, just uh, back on Sean Russell there, I think the most we need him to do is just be as close to Tom Opicic as possible, um, make his tackles, be willing to ruck the ball out. If he can do those two things, he's already a positive on what we've had previously or for the start of this year, I guess you could say. And then if he can make Sivo... If he can get Sivo with better ball um, so he can go over untouched, that'd be a positive. Um, if he can push through tackles, if he can you know, actually be a positive for, uh, a net positive for us, that would be absolutely massive for this team. All right. And uh, Birdie seems to have dropped out, might be having some issues mm-hmm. with the internet this morning. Uh, it's a bit of rain in Sydney, so everything just uh, stops working. Uh, but for me, yeah, I, th- I think you guys touched on it well, you know, just having... Uh, outside backs that are willing to, to ruck it out. And we've seen in the past, Sean Russell and Hayes Dunster, whilst they're not the biggest bodies on the outside backs, uh, they've always been willing, coming through the grades, to do that hard rut work coming out of our end. And we might need to do that um, on Monday because uh, regardless of how shit the, uh, the West's Tigers are running, they always get up for this game. Um, they've ambushed us a couple of times, so it's about time that we uh, pull our finger out and really uh, give it to them because they've... They've been in the um, the media whole, this whole week uh, with the uh, debacle of the uh, what was it? It wasn't an Anzac jersey; it was commemorative jersey. Yeah, commemorative jersey. <laughs> oh, jeez. And now yeah, their their bloody um, their chairman Hadjik, whatever he looks like a nineteen thirties bloody Bond villain, um, is going to go and sue Fox Sports for uh, for libel. Apparently, so um, we'll see how that goes. Um, but um, they'll be up in arms. There, there, there. Um, everybody's against us game is that is that right yeah well hopefully um pasco's out there kicking the ball around get them nice and warmed up he might he might even do the rub down for him that's how involved justin pasco wants to be in this team so hopefully he's out there that'll help Parramatta massively because there's nothing i'd want to see out there if i was a player than my ceo kicking a footy <laughs> in his trackies it's just so bad like you know we had we had a basket case of uh, a 
um, board, etc., they just had no idea and, you know, recorded their cheating in the board minutes. But I can't fathom how a CEO thinks he should be out on the field doing warm-ups. That's just insane. Yeah. Absolutely insane. Uh, Bertie, uh, we haven't heard from you and uh, we know how much you love Wests. <laughs> oh, man, just... Oh, hang on. So, okay, so just my thoughts on the game. Ah, oh, look, I'm not... The last time we played them at Easter Monday, the difference was the wingers. Like, you looked at us, we had, a, you know, young Will, you know, playing in a position he's probably never played. And then we had also Bailey Simonson. The less we say about Bailey, the better. And you look at the other team, the other side, you had Nofaluma and Mamalu, who were veterans, and they scored three tries between them. So, like, you know, I said it back then, the difference was the wingers. Looking at their team now, there's no one that really scares me. Like, you look at, you know, Charlie Staines, that fullback, and I'm not trying to, like, I like shitting on West Tigers, you know, as much as the next fan does, but there's no one in that team that scares me. You know, you can probably say Bateman's a bit crafty, you know, he can change the game with a one-on-one strip or, you know, like a line break, but I think if their best player is Uppy, you know, and he's not playing that well, like, then, you know, we should win easily. And, yeah, like, you look at Ice, he hasn't been the same since he went to there, and um, I just... I feel as though our team, you know, and it's good to see, you know, uh, Sean Russell back and um, Hayes Dunster back. Like, you know, it's a bit of speed there with Russell. And that's something that we've lacked in this team. We don't have any, like, speed demons, you know, or burners, like, you know. So it's just good to see um, them back. Um, yeah, I just I just get the win. I just can't stand. I just can't stand this mob, you know. more. I hate them more than Penrith. And, you know, there's no Jackson Hastings there to kick a 40-yard field goal, you know, off one step. So I'm fairly confident that we'll get the job done and... um yeah, just looking forward to uh, how the, how they the respond because you know we completed that what we only had two errors against Penrith and then last week we had a few errors. I just want us to respond to you know uh, an less than ideal performance last week against the Roosters. Button up around the middle of the ruck. Um, but yeah, I guess more changes for West. They seem to chop and change their uh, their spine every single week. Um, if we aren't winning this game, you know, um, that, that pack it up, boys. Twenty twenty three is over. We can't blame the draw, or we can't blame injuries for this for this loss. We, you know, we got excuses for the previous losses, but we've got literally no excuses. The only thing we can think of if we had too much of a break to overthink it. But even then, the professional athletes they have to get this job done. All right, Betty, we'll start with you. Uh, first try score, eventual score. First try score. I want to go with uh, Hayes Dunster. Uh, you know, uh, I feel as though he probably scored his first touch, in my opinion. <laughs> um, look, is it disrespectful to say we might win sixty to six? Like I legit think we could rack. This could be thirty nil at half time. You know, you know, put the put the cue in the rack at half time. But if we can bleed our uh, sets, I agree. Yeah, there is no reason why we couldn't pile on the points. Look, unless unless we have like monsoon or weather, like I think uh, Hamish, Hamish mentioned, this, you know, training. Like I just can't see. I just can't see this team, this game, not ending in a high scoring game, and us just showing our class and showing why the West Tigers are where they are. And look, we don't deserve to be where we are fifteenth. You know, we've had a really tough draw. We lost. Pretty much each game by the by a try except for last week. Like this is like you know our Penrith smash Raiders. This is going to be like us this week. I feel as though this will get our four and against back in order. And um, yeah, I just I, f- I feel the addition of Hayes and Russell will just you know lift the boys a bit. Well, just on that weather there, um, it's meant to dry out Sunday and Monday. So for those going out to the game like myself, um, and I'm sure Ham you'll be going out. Forty, are you getting out there? Uh, I think I'm doing a big family barbecue to watch the uh, doubleheader. How about you, Ham? You're going to get out there? You yeah, love your uh, footy? You love your live footy? Yeah, I love my live footy. Just hate ANZ or a core stadium. So, but my, my, my passion for live footy overrides my hate for a core stadium. 
Oh, mate, that's gonna, it's the, the Royal Easter show as well. So I've, I've booked the parking in, but it's all the way down in P4. I'm going to have to leg it all the way up with two kids on the back, which will be fun. <laughs> um, but at least I was able to get in and get the parking. But I don't think I could do the train at the moment because it's just going to be so packed. Yeah. And plus yeah, the trains just, have been woeful recently. I'll just park over the other side of Parramatta Road and walk, I imagine. Um, all right, 40. First try score, eventual score. Yeah, I'll be happy if any of the free... Uh, returnees and Lane, Russell and Dunster get across the white stripe first, but I'm going to go off Captain Quint Gufferson. Uh, I'll also go for a big win, not as big as Birdie, 60-6 to six I would love to see, but I'll go 42-12 uh, for the Parramatta Eagles. And you, Ham? Uh, first try scorer, Dylan Brown. I think the return of Laney will open up Dill. Um, who they, they'll be going up against Bateman and Dewey, Dwahi. Um I think they'll be focused on Laney hitting that short ball. Dylan will open them up again. I, I, I'd love, a, I'd love a sixty to six. I'd, if, I'd even settle for a forty-two twelve. Oh, just there's something about the Tigers have always been our bogey team. Oh, they've been our bogey team for like decades at this point, and you know we've gotten the we've gotten wins over them, but they're still they lift up and we play down, and you know our start. Maybe this is the start of our season that's got me a little bit more negative than I usually would be or should be. Um, and you compare our draw compared to theirs, they've played some terrible teams and lost. And we've played some good teams and just lost. But Dylan Brown, first try scorer, he's going to get a hat trick. There's there's a there's a spicy one for you. Um, Parramatta, 24 to the Tigers, 4. Well, you just say that they're our bogey team, but just looking at the head-to-head since 98, Eels 28 wins to West 16 with one draw in there. Um, and I guess what we are wary of is the Easter Monday clash. So um, they always seem to get close. But yeah, I, I take your point. In the last couple of years, we always seem to play them close. Um, for me, put me down for 36 to West Tigers at 26. Uh, first try score, I'm going to go with Bertie with the Dunster. Uh, nice return to form from him. Uh, after being out for so long, as uh, I heard, sorry, just just you, you mentioned Dunster. As I heard, a uh, uh, Wenty legend Cameron say, "Who needs Munster when you have the Dunster?" <laughs> exactly right. Um, and and seeing him in action last night, all he is is a full over merchant, isn't he? That that soft touch from Radley he took a dive, didn't he? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Um, All right there, boys. Well, thanks for getting up early, 8 o'clock on this uh, Easter Friday. Uh, We've all risen, and uh, we'll cut it off there, and I'll try to get this out before we start the flag, which commences at 11 o'clock, and you've got this uh, to listen to before the Easter Monday clash. Um, But cheers, everybody, for listening. Have a nice long Easter break, and enjoy the footy on Monday. Go, power. Bye.